Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this Tuesday, November 17th of 2020. And we are excited about the Word of God today. We want to welcome all of our listeners. Uh, As always, it is an honor to be able uh, to have you take out of your time to spend this time with us in the Word of God. Uh, as you all know, as is our custom, we we study the Word of God. We look at things from the perspective, uh, from a prophetic perspective of how the Word of God shows it to us, as we believe God is showing it to us. And we are intense <laughs> about this, and but we uh, we we feel the intensity of the days that we are living, and that's why um, you can sense it in our voices. You can sense it in our hearts that there is an urgency an urgency in our lives to spread the word and to come to you and to encourage you, to exhort you, to challenge you in such an hour. Uh, as you as you well known, all the things that are taking place, natural disasters, uh, governments are coming down, governments are being put in, nations are being stirred. Our country in itself, I mean, we have a lot in our plate right now. And with all of these uh, COVID cases and more intense quarantining that looks like it's on its way over here, so many things that are happening that if we don't, if we would, if we didn't have the word of God, we'd be going crazy. But I thank God we have the word of God that brings clarity to us, that shows us and allows us uh, to properly discern the times that we are living. And that's what I pray that when you come here. Uh, In some way, this podcast is a blessing to you, but above all, uh, it opens up your ears and your eyes and and to allow you to go and seek and search the scriptures for answers. Today in our panel, we have uh, Brother Marty and Brother Fernando joining us, and as always, it is an honor to study the Word of God together. So Brother Marty, with much to say, we started our, our conversation yesterday in Luke chapter, uh, in, in Luke, I believe, uh, 21, yeah. speaking of these things. And so we're excited to continue to expand uh, on what God is showing us. So I'll leave it to you to share what God has placed in your heart as we study the Word of God together. Well, amen. Uh, we began our uh, continued, you know, prophetic insights of, of, of the times that we're living in and, and the places that we believe as always humbly so we say these things uh, the spirit of god is leading us and and so we're continuing today in our second uh podcast of uh, of the study we're doing uh called the snare uh the snare that is what jesus called it that there would a snare come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth and there were many things that he said leading up to that but he said that would be a definitive signpost to his children living at the time of what he called the snare for as a snare, it shall come on all the world. And we're, we're looking at that. And as we get to, uh, you know, that point where he makes that statement concerning the snare, uh, we are first laying the groundwork of, of what he was telling us uh, would be the conditions leading up to it. And and that is what we're looking at right now. And so we're gonna we're gonna continue along that mode. There's some things that we want to talk to you about today um, that that we we weren't able to get into yesterday. 
and and yet I felt compelled by the Spirit, and we feel compelled by the Spirit this morning to dig a little deeper into those things. And so I'm going to ask Brother Jeremy if he could begin today by reading to us again uh, from Luke 21, uh, beginning with verse 31, excuse me, yeah, 31 through 35. And we pray that uh, that you'll be blessed as we get into our study today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So like, so likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Amen. For as a snare it shall come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. That is our subject, and we'll begin today. Um, as as we began yesterday, we, we began exploring uh, the Lord Jesus revealed the unfolding, really, of prophetic history. And as we saw when you read in chapter 21, he identified the scattering of the Jewish people to the four corners of the earth um, as as the beginning or or that which would be a trigger. I keep using that word, but really it's a good word um, that would begin the the long march, if you will, throughout history uh, until the end of time. And so <clears throat> that occurred in A.D. 70 when Jerusalem was destroyed and and the Jewish people were scattered to the four corners of the earth. Brother Jerry might as well read that to us in Luke 21, what the Lord was saying there, uh, verse 24. Could you read that to us? Yes. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So he, it's very interesting when you consider what the Lord was saying there, um, because he's basically in the 21st chapter, as he does in Matthew 24 and Mark 13, Luke 21 and Luke 17. He really begins to unfold some very uh, specific things that would happen and transpire uh that would ultimately lead to his return. What I find fascinating here is that we find in verse 24, which Brother Jeremy just read here, that the Lord predicted to them and told them that that they were going to fall by the edge of the sword and they would be led away captive into all nations. And really this is, you know, the Lord basically quoting the prophets as well as Moses who predicted the same thing. This occurred because they rejected the Lord, but it was it was designed to to empty the promised land of the Jewish people as a severe penalty for that generation rejecting their Messiah. And he said that they would be scattered. So we have the perspective of understanding that indeed they were scattered, and we have the perspective of understanding. Uh, in our time, that they in, they came back and are now the nation of Israel again. 
And that happened in 1948, when after World War II, they were regathered and placed back into their land. And so what this reveals to us, if you can see it, is that Jesus, in fact, was predicting that almost 2,000 years would go by. And so even though the early church was looking with great anticipation after the resurrection that the kingdom of heaven was going to be set up, uh, the Lord had already told them, even before Calvary, that the truth of the matter is, is that Jerusalem was going to come under severe judgment. Israel itself would be scattered to the four corners of the earth. But then verse 24, he called it uh, the time of the Gentiles. And he was saying, when that time is fulfilled, Jerusalem will uh, will be given back into the hands of, of of the Jewish state. And so from that, we draw clues and, and understanding as to, uh, you know, uh, the time of the end. Now, he revealed that the scattering would result in Ju Jerusalem coming under the control of the Gentiles or the nations. And that occurred approximately... Uh, <laughs> almost 2,000 years ago until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled, he says. So at which time the Jewish people would regain control again of Jerusalem. Well, that has happened. And we witnessed it just a couple of years ago on May the 12th, 2018, like we talked about yesterday. In fact, uh, Israel has taken full control of their capital city, Jerusalem, and proclaimed it. Uh, to be their eternal capital, recognized by the most powerful nation on the face of the earth, as we talked about yesterday, the United States, who moved its embassy uh, to Jerusalem and established uh, Israel as, as or recognized Jerusalem as being the, the sole capital of the nation of Israel. In fact, fulfilling what the Lord said, the time of the Gentile control of that city has ended. So what the Lord goes on to say is that the generation that would uh, see that happen, that that generation would not pass away until everything that had been written for the end time would be fulfilled. And that generation of, of believers needed to pay attention. So the generation that he was prophesying in the far-flung future that would see Jerusalem uh, come up underneath the control of the Jewish state, a regathered Jewish state, and Jerusalem be handed over to them, really the times of the Gentiles being fulfilled, that it was meant to be a blaring signpost to that generation who would witness it, that something was coming. Specifically, he's addressing the believer, and he tells them that they need to pay attention to it and understand something. Could you read that in verse 31, Brother Jeremy? Yes. And so likewise ye, when you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. So he says, when you see these things, which we've been talking about, and the other things that he mentioned as well, uh, would be, uh, you know, signs in the sun, the moon, the stars, but we're not exploring from that perspective right now. But the chief uh, sign and the most important one, would be uh, the regathering of the nation of Israel and then Jerusalem uh, being uh, handed over or taken back into the possession of the nation state of Israel as its eternal capital. Jesus called it the time of the Gentiles being fulfilled. And he says, the generation that sees that, he goes on to say in verse 32, could you read verse 32? 
Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. So that's what he's telling us. As he says, that generation that sees Jerusalem come under control of the Jewish people again, and 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 really it had to be recognized, even though not all the nations of the world recognize it, they, they don't want to recognize it. The way God does things, uh, he takes the most powerful nation on the face of the earth, the United States, and uses it as a verifier that the time of the Gentiles has come to an end. It's, it's quite interesting because the United States is made up of all the nations of the world, right? You know, it's, I mean, you go to China, there's Chinese people. You go to Italy, there's Italians. You go to Germany, there's Germans. You come to America, there's every nation of the world that makes up the United States of America, which became the most powerful nation the world has ever seen. So when America, on May the 12th, 2018, uh, moved its embassy to Jerusalem and proclaimed Jerusalem as the capital of the Jewish state, in essence, it is as if the whole world recognized it and the time of the Gentiles came to an end. And Jesus said, the generation that sees that, especially the generation of the saints of God that sees that, will not pass away. We have entered into the final generation or the final time. And he tells us in verse 31, because he's talking to the believers here in Luke 21, know this that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is coming. And so these things really uh, are are incredible when we begin to allow them to settle in. And what makes the scriptures so unique from all the other books uh, that pretend to be holy books on the face of the planet is prophecy. Not one time have any of the prophetic scriptures that were ever spoken by the holy prophets and holy apostles failed to come to pass. And so what we are what right. we are anticipating, right? What we are anticipating is further um, knowing on that. What we anticipate is the rest of it's going to come to pass because everything he said up until that point has come to pass. So after revealing these things, the Lord the Lord Jesus then goes on to both warn and instruct. That's what we've been looking at. He goes on to warn and instruct us what we must do in order to endure and also sustain our consecrated, sanctified walk before him in these end times. And so we left off yesterday with a discussion, beginning at what the Lord, what the Lord Jesus first said. He says in verse 34 that we are to take heed to ourselves. Remember, this reveals both something really interesting here. Because it reveals both personal and community. Warning and instruction for both. He uses the word plural, yourselves, right? Verse 34, take heed to yourselves. So I think what he's telling us there, that while we are responsible for our own individual walk, we also have to be mindful that we are part of a larger fellowship, the church, the believers. We see that, Brother Jeremy mentioned it yesterday in, in, in the parable of, of, the, of the ten virgins, the five wise, the five foolish. There's a collective fellowship that breaks apart, five wise, five foolish. The wise have fellowship and go on to be uh, in, in, into the wedding banquet with the bridegroom. When he returns, the foolish miss out. But nonetheless, what the Lord is trying to reveal here is that the personal responsibility of the individual believer to take heed to themselves is is a given 
but not to forget that it is a community of believers. So that's why he says you're going to need each other. And I think that's why he used the plural yourselves, the individual self and the church, our brothers, plural. Now we need to focus on this because <laughs> he's really beginning to reveal the the intensity of our times right here. We've already established, like we did yesterday, that Jerusalem has been transferred. He speaks of that generation who witnessed it uh, as being a generation that would not pass away, that it has indeed entered into the end times. And then right away he goes into warning us and talking to us about the intensity and that it's going to be something that requires us to respond in the right way. Because remember, the Lord is leading us in verse 35 to what he called a snare is coming. And so the preparation and the necessity to take heed is 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 in advance of the snare. And the snare that's coming in verse 35 is something that will affect every single human being on the face of the planet. Read verse 35, would you, Brother Jeremy, just to confirm that? For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. So it's coming, it's upon all, and and it's global, it's planet-wide. It's something that he was predicting would happen, and he calls it a snare. Now, before we get to that point, though, he has given us warning and instruction to take heed, and then he gives us a list before the snare. All the other prophetic uh, events that we were talking about, the various things and signs that would transpire leading up to this particular event he calls the snare, it, it also comes coupled with spiritual opposition, which leads up to the snare. It's going to require that we take heed in advance so that when the snare appears, like Jesus said in verse 34, it will not catch the the, the saints of God, the individual and, and the collective community with which we identify and fellowship with the church. It won't catch us unaware. He's trying to warn us so that our eyes will be wide open so that when it happens, in other words, uh, we will be ready. We, we We won't be without strength. We won't be asleep. We won't be without understanding of what is really happening, what is actually taking place in this snare event that will affect the whole world at the end of time, which is where we believe we are. So this brings us to where we want to talk a little bit again today. Because I think we left some things out on the field, so to speak, yesterday. So let's look a little closer at the warning to take heed. Because... Because wrapped up in the word is 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 the mind and the effects of a weakened mind uh, will have on on the heart or the soul or spirit. Now, uh, I want to talk about something that Brother Fernando pointed out yesterday. Remember, what the Lord is revealing to us is incredibly intense warfare is coming. And it's geared to affect our thought, our emotions, to the extent that the snare that we're, we're talking about uh, will take us by surprise 
and we discover that we don't know what's really happening and we have no understanding because we fell asleep. What Brother Fernando was talking about yesterday was that prophetic events leading up to this snare uh, would lead to cause us to fall into a slumber. How did you say it yesterday? Do you remember, Brother Fernando? Yeah, it was worse to that effect that, uh, it, and I think you said it, said it well as, uh, as well, um, that, it, you know, it, it will bring about a slumber, which will cause us to seek for uh, outlets to get away from the warfare that we're feeling. Yeah. Um, and, and, and those things can come in many different various ways. Uh, but. Uh, we spoke about how the Lord is directing directing his words to us who are enlightened, illuminated in the word of God to take heed. Uh, he's not speaking to the world. He's speaking to his children, you know, his disciplined right. ones at the end of time. Hey, you're going to come under intense warfare that is going to be to the point where, you know, the anxiety is going to be at an all-time high. Uh, you know, all kind of hell is going to be breaking loose around you. You know whether it's 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 domestical, financial, whatever. You know all right. those things are are going to bring about this 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 situation where we're going to, you know, kind of do things to cope with those things that ultimately can bring about a slumber if we're not careful. Yeah, very good, and and that's that's why we're focusing in on that phrase: take heed to yourself. Again, like we said, the word take heed, it means several things. And listen to this list, what actually it means. It means to hold the mind, okay, attention, mm -hmm. to, be, to be cautious, uh, to devote your thought and your effort and to apply yourself um, in, in, in spiritual matters, in prophetic things, to understand, to stay awake. And, and But it also carries with it in the root word that the reason you're going to need to hold the mind and pay attention because of so forth and so on and devote our thoughts and efforts to spiritual matters, especially up under prophetic times, he says, is is because what's what's happening by the events themselves is that it will cause your your very – the seat of your, your emotions and mind to be under a, a sense of alarm and – and agitation or anxiety and 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 really kind of losing control over your emotions and so he's saying in advance of that you need to to learn how to and i need to learn how to hold uh the processes of my thoughts because it implies reactions that affect the totality of our being who we are up under these times. Don't lose sight of what we're talking about because we're talking specifically about what the Lord said would would be the signpost to the last generation. We we already went over the fact that Israel would be regathered, but then the, the, the major trigger point would be Jerusalem being brought exclusively back under her control. And then the Lord said, know something. When you see that, know this. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, and that that generation who witnesses it has now entered into the acceleration of the end times and will not pass away until all prophetic events are, are going to be fulfilled. And then he said, with that in mind, leading up to this verse 35 snare that he's talking about, which will affect the whole world, 
subsequent prophetic events are going to unfold quickly before you and leading up to those moments. And he says, that is why you have to take heed, like Brother Fernando was saying, because the events themselves can be uh, can be received in, in many ways. One, they can be received in a sense of those who are awake and connected spiritually to what God is revealing, causing them to to become even more mature in the things of God and more aware and understanding of their times. Or two, they can become those who fall asleep and end up having this snare event that he's talking about come upon us. And when they awaken to it, it's sudden and they find themselves up under a trap and they have absolutely no idea what's going on. The result uh, begins to to uh, penetrate the very seat of our emotions, he says, and it will cause anxiety, agitation, alarm, fear, a whole host of things. And he's saying and letting us know in advance, you need to prepare for the inevitable you who will be alive at that time, which is our generation. I think we're making a good case for why that is. And in that discussion yesterday, Pastor Pastor Jeremy uh, briefly mentioned a very relevant passage with with what we're talking about the the taking heed the holding of the mind uh you know that i think really conveys what the lord was revealing concerning this kind of warfare up under prophetic times so let's take a look over there brother jeremy would you you mentioned it yesterday uh in second corinthians chapter 10 and let's just discuss that briefly um and i think it'll help a lot of you out there as it is helping us. Second Corinthians chapter ten. Could you read verse four through six, Brother Jeremy, to us? Yes. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, there's so many things we could look at, but remember again what we're talking about. The Lord is instructing us in Luke 21:34 there about taking heed. He's talking to us as the final generation. And again, the Lord is speaking concerning the end times, right? So in that context, the end time, you know, the of the end times, the final generation of believers, the saints, the church, were not merely being instructed and warned by the Lord Jesus. As it now listen carefully what I'm gonna tell you here and, and think about this. Because we're not really just being warned of what's coming. And and we're not simply being warned about or instructed on how to respond to that. Because he wants us to understand as it relates to the experience of the end times that that we're not to experience it uh, or understand it from the perspective of, of just an emotional response. You know, how you deal with what's coming on us, what we're all experiencing right now. Even if we know it, he doesn't want us to have a passive response to it. Listen carefully here. What the Lord is, uh, you know, attempting to do in these statements 
is to elevate our understanding so that we both consider and perceive not a passive experience now. In other words, stuff that comes upon us that we can't control, yet we understand what it is. And we just kind of sit there and, and endure up underneath it, you know. That's not what he's talking about here. He's, he's going way deeper than that. He doesn't want us to have a passive experience. But a connected understanding. Listen to what I'm telling you of the will of God, the big picture. You see, there must and there will come a time when we will become profoundly aware of the big picture and it will transcend our carnal experience and we will become fully connected to the voice of God. See, when Jesus told us that Jerusalem coming into the hands of Israel at the end of time, that the generation who would witness that, that it would be two things. One, he said it would be the final generation. We've seen it two years ago. It happened, May the 12th, 2018. But he also told us that it, we were supposed to know then, that is the believers, by seeing that sign, that generation who would witness it, that the kingdom of God is at hand. And so that's what I'm trying to say to you, is that he wants us to go beyond, uh, you know, almost a sense of, I mean, you can know something and not really know what it's all about. I mean, you can go through an experience and not understand what's driving that experience or the end of that experience or the conclusion of the matter. But the fact that he tells us to know the kingdom of God is at hand as a result. And that going forward, it's all going to conclude with the second coming of the Lord. He's trying to teach us something. He's trying to teach us that we're going to become connected. We're meant to become connected to the incredible sense, the filtering in of the Holy Spirit into the seat of our spiritual connectivity with God. And that old song, like Brother Jeremy likes to sing it, and I like to sing it, uh, that says, And the things of this world, they grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. It's, it's the dimming of the world and the ever-increasing illumination and connection to God himself, the Lord Jesus himself, the Holy Spirit himself, speaking to us in these most prophetic times and our ever-increasing awareness of that voice. To hear the voice of God and to discern it is to be transformed, is to be transitioned, is to be perfected, purified, sanctified, all of it is going to be quickened in us as we continue to go forward if, as the Lord said, we take heed. We're going to need to be cautious and aware. We're going to need to apply ourselves within 
the obvious, what we're seeing. We're going to have to practice the ability to cast down imaginations, like what Brother Jeremy just read to us. Casting down imaginations, verse 5, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And then he says this, bringing into captivity every thought. Let's just focus on that, because that's what take heed to yourself actually means, holding on to the mind. He's implying that the the voices, the impressions, circumstance itself is all designed first and foremost to to like a sculpture that chips away at a granite piece of granite or limestone or whatever. He chips away at it. It, it, it has that same feeling that 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 the prophetic time frame in which we're living has its 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 opposite its opposite force that will be imposing by sheer reason of the things that we're up under in prophetic times and experiencing like the times we're living in now so volatile so chaotic he warned us to take heed in order to truly grasp and develop the ability to bring into captivity every thought it's vital and it requires training and the infusion of the Holy Spirit. But in so doing, there becomes an ever-increasing sense and a propelling forward in that sense that we are at a much more profoundly understood level personally and collectively as the church, that we are that final generation and that we know at a at a most uh, deep level that the kingdom of God is at hand. To know that is to have produced in us the right response as he gave it to us. So he wants us to come to that place where we're profoundly aware of the big picture and we begin to hear and have a sense of the voice of God in a way and at a level that we never have. And when we hear his voice, it itself transforms us. John talks about it this way. We know that, uh, you know, it does not yet appear what we shall be, he says, but we know this, that when the Lord appears, uh, we shall be like him, just like him, he said, for we shall see him as he is. Well, that's speaking of the second coming of the Lord, but in a deeper sense, it's also speaking of the revelation of Christ to your heart and to your mind. And with ever and with ever every step of of information that you gain from the Spirit in the realm of revelation, you are seeing a glimpse of the Lord Himself. And with that true moment or spark of understanding. It, it transforms us bit by bit and piece by piece into the image of his dear son. And so he's talking about bringing into captivity every thought. But it's interesting what he says here in connection with what we're talking about. Because the Apostle Paul uses the phrase in connection with in-time warfare, and the phrase he uses is bringing the, the thoughts into captivity 
to what? <laughs> to the obedience, the obedience of what, brother? Of Christ. Of Christ. Now, we kind of touched on this a few podcasts ago, but we really didn't dig into it because to understand, therefore, what Paul is telling us by the Holy Spirit is that the mental aspect of taking heed to yourself, it is found in that phrase, obedience of Christ. And so we want to ask the question, what is or what was the obedience of Christ? Because here's a key to understanding how to navigate ourselves in prophetic times. Because the obedience of Jesus Christ it was tied to the perfect understanding of the will of the Father mm-hmm. and the pulling of his humanity into line with that will. That's what we see happening in the garden that Brother uh, Fernando mentioned yesterday. Turn over there, Brother Jeremy, would you uh, the, uh, keep your finger there on Second Corinthians? We might go back to it, but turn over there to uh, Matthew chapter uh, let me see, 26. Matthew 26. Are you there? Yes. So read to us verse 38 and 39 uh, in connection with what we're talking about here. Then saith he unto me, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. So there's several things that we learn here in connection with what we're talking about. Again, we see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is the most prophetic time of all. For it was here that he would, he, his humanity would be brought into subjection to the will of the Father. And, and he asks the question in verse 39 to his Father, if it's possible. In other words, if there's any other way uh, to, 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 to arrive at the point that, that, you know, that we're striving for, you know, let this, this moment, this prophetic moment, pass from me in this way and what he's talking about is 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 the calvary experience and see this is the part that most people don't want to focus on but this is the obedience of christ that we're reading about here see the fact that we are allowed to see the struggle of his humanity it wasn't the struggle to do the will of the Father. It was the struggle to yield to the road by which all things would be born anew. There was no other way. But we learn from this that to inquire of that will uh, was necessary in order to surrender to that will. And that is what what we're being asked of today because what is being revealed to us in the prophetic scriptures for that final generation, he would have never told us to take heed to ourselves. He goes on to say that we're going to need to watch and pray. 
and that, that it's right to ask for something in verse 36 he goes on to say uh you know therefore watch and pray uh always he says that you may be accounted worthy to escape these things and to stand before the son of man what he means by that is that the two components are going to be necessary and that what we need to pray for is the ability to endure up underneath it and to be able to in his presence endure and stand before him understanding his perfect will and so the obedience of christ is tied to the perfect understanding of the father's will he asked the question did he not if it's possible let this cup pass from me there are many that are not going to understand john describes it as the faith and the patience of the saints this is the patience of the lord right here his trial this is the, the, the squeezing out of, 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 of humanity, his humanity's will. Now, that might challenge some of your concept of Jesus Christ, but it is here in the Word. He asked the question, and I think he asked the question for our benefit, honestly, <laughs> but it was yet something that he had to experience as a man and in many ways, this is the mystery of godliness that the Bible talks about, that he endured what he endured with no assistance of the divine. In other words, what he endured, he endured surely and purely by the Holy Spirit's assistance through the word. Mm-hmm. He did everything that was written. And and he did it as, as a man, which made him the perfect sacrifice for humanity and for all that would believe and so what we're trying to point out here is this taking heed uh is exactly what he was warning his disciples of and hence that final generation which we believe we are because he goes on to speak of the snare the taking heed process is the instruction manual as we'll see here in a second as to what to avoid and what to uh enact and have in place in our life so that we'll be able to properly navigate by the spirit of god leading us through these most difficult of times that are that are well underway right now as we as we record these podcasts and and those of you who are listening we don't have to go over the list of 2020 and what we're actually seeing as the very soul of our nation is being struggled for and the entire global elite and the agenda of the satanically driven global elite is 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 actually being enacted right now upon the face of the earth. God's children have to step away from that and understand that what we are living up under are the prophesied times of our Lord himself, his holy apostles, and the holy prophets. And so it, we have to come to the same understanding the holding on of the mind, the applying of the self, the gathering of the emotions. We see that perfect picture right here in that what the Lord endured, he himself even sought for another way. Is there another way to get to where we're headed? Now, brothers and sisters, where are we headed? The Lord revealed that in Luke 20, 21, 33, when he said, heaven and earth are going to pass away, but my words will never pass away. He's basically revealing that we are headed to the fullest expression of the so far revealed intent to us, at least, of the creator himself, 
And that is a completely new paradigm shift in what we term and experiences as the real heaven and earth itself are going to be renovated. They're going to be a completely new expression. And we need to link into the understanding of that to bring us through here now, because he's talking about a final generation. This generation shall not pass. He's talking to his people. And he says, when you see this, know this, the kingdom of God is at hand. He's asking us to grow up. He's asking us to understand. He's asking us to allow the spirit of God to bring us through. And don't think it's, it's an easy task. It's why in advance of the snare that's coming upon the whole world that he talked about, he's, he's, he's imploring us to take heed. He's, he's uh, pleading with us to understand that it will be a lot easier to go through what we're going to go through with and what we're already going through if we indeed begin to develop this, these mental faculties of, of coming up under the obedience of Christ. This is the obedience of Christ we're talking about. Is there any other way? Let this cup pass from me. He goes on to say, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. It's a full understanding. Now, what's interesting, can anybody have any comments on that? Yes. No, go ahead, brother. Okay. So it's very interesting here is that we see what he warns in Luke 21 already happen in the garden when he, we see the contrast at the most prophetic of moment, what happens. It's what Brother, what Brother Jer, uh, Fernando was talking about yesterday, that the prophetic events and the prophetic times at the most crucial moment, uh, you know, what happened to the disciples is what Jesus is warning us about in the final generation could happen to us if we don't do what he tells us to do in order to navigate ourselves through this pressurized moment. In verse 40 and 41, what, is he, what, what does he find, Brother Jeremy? Can you read that to us? Matthew 26, 40 and 41. Oh, Matthew 26, yes. It says, <clears throat> 40 and 41. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and said unto Peter, What could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. But the flesh is weak. So what he's revealing is 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 this is precisely what happened, like we're saying, to him. When they awoke, because remember what he says in Luke 21? Let's go back over there now. There's so much right here. But I want to show you something first in verse 41. When he says, watch and pray, because he says it again in Luke 21 to the final generation. When he says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation, the word temptation literally means to come up under trial or scrutiny, to be put to the test. What he's revealing in the watching, being wide awake, and the praying, which is being connected to God, what is implied there is that the watching and the praying work as a buffer zone or a hedge that's created by it that prevents you from coming up under scrutiny or satanic attack and it's why he's telling them that it's why he's warning us 
this final generation in advance of the snare we're going to talk about in, in the coming tomorrow more likely we'll really get into the snare because it's very profound what he what he reveals there but he identifies the weakness is the flesh but see in luke 21 let's go back over there uh he in in dealing with the flesh like we were talking about the obedience of christ in dealing with the flesh uh when you look at the list that he gives, can you read verse 34 to us again, Brother Jeremy? That's Luke chapter 21, verse 34, in light of everything we're talking about. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your heart should be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that that day come upon you unawares. You know, it, 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 what we're witnessing here in the list and the warning and the instruction, right? So first he's talking about taking heed to ourselves. Uh, the taking heed aspect has a, has everything to do with your mental faculties tied to your emotional responses. So he, he deals with that first. Remember what Peter said in, in his writings? He said, you know, gird up the loins of your mind, right? Because your devil, like a roaring lion, uh, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And then he says, humble thyself under the mighty hand of God and, you know, resist the devil. And in due time, he will flee from you. It's that same idea. So it begins, the mode of attack in prophetic times comes against the mind and the emotions specifically. But its ultimate goal is, the, is to attack the heart. Because he says, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged. He separates uh, the soul and the spirit there. And he's revealing the mode by which the attack comes. The word heart literally means the actual seat and place of your spiritual life. That born again part of you where the, where the Holy Spirit uh, abides and instructs us and leads us. So what he's revealing in the taking heed is that the mode of attack that we will come up under by sheer force of the times themselves will move in such a direction as they, they are initiated from the perspective of what we think or don't think, how we feel or don't feel. And, and if we're not watching and praying, as he told us, that, 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 that scrutiny of, of the faculties of our mind where choices and decisions are made begin to chip away, but the ultimate goal is to get at your spirit. Now, <laughs> I know we're getting deep here, but... We ain't got time to mess around. <laughs> so anyway, so, so listen. So basically, take heed that your mind, right? Lest at any time your heart, that your spirit be overcharged. So what he's basically saying is that the mental emotional strain improperly responded to is really designed to weaken the heart. And remember what we said, the word heart means the center and the seat of your spiritual life. That's the last thing that 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 if 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 taken over leads to the to the list, right? Because what he's warning about is that is that basically the restraints and the affecting of the spirit, the most interior part of you and me in these times, don't forget what we're talking about there. Um lead to to a reliance on the flesh surfeiting drunkenness cares of this life 
it's actually the opposite for the believer than it would be for the world. Because the world's all up about the flesh, right? It's all the flesh, the flesh, the flesh all the time. But what he's saying here is up under these prophetic events and times that we find ourselves living in, that for the believer, the attack is going to come by way of the mind and the emotions designed to get at the spirit in order to cause the flesh to become the dominant part of you and put you to sleep. So that when the snare appears and you finally wake up, you won't have any clue what's going on. You'll be completely in a chaotic, discombobulated state, and you'll have no point of reference. See, that's precisely what happened in Gethsemane, right? Because when, when they woke up, you know, the, 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 the apostles, when they finally woke up, the temple guards were in the garden. Judas was there. They were there to arrest the Lord. And so what they ended up doing subsequently was responding in the wrong way. Remember, Peter whips out his sword. He's going to try and cut somebody's head off. The rest of them flee, and by the, by the time it's all done, they're running for their lives in the night. They're completely in a chaotic state. And Jesus identified it early on in the garden experience by saying, the, you know, the flesh is weak. They had gotten to that part. It had overwhelmed them. They were now reacting in the flesh. Because the flesh was was weak, and so, and so, so the the goal for the believer in the in the in the overt attack of 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 principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, right, is to get at the seat of your heart. And so it's vital what we think and what we feel, and he's saying that lest your heart be overcharged. It's very fascinating because the word overcharged means to be burdened like Brother Jeremy shared yesterday or to be weighed down by the experience of the times. You know, we've gone through a lot this year, but fasten your seatbelt because the next several days and weeks, we ain't seen nothing yet. And we need to prepare for it mentally and emotionally. Because what it's designed to do is break our spirit. To burden us down, to weigh us down. Now, again, don't lose sight of our subject, of the context of what we're talking about. All these things are in relation to the final generation, the prophetic end time event. What the Lord is revealing is the effect of the spirit of Antichrist. Again, we're talking about end-time events. This is the spirit of Antichrist that seeks to wear down the saints. Brother Jeremy, turn over to Daniel real quick. Daniel uh, 7, 25. Listen to what he says. We're there. It says, and he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand unto a time and times and the dividing of time. Right. So that it culminates with the final three and a half years of human history. Isn't it interesting that one of the things that he uses to wear out and that can you look up that word, brother Jeremy, for us? Wear out, because it, it literally means 
it, the list it gives is in perspective of what is in the sense of what how does he wear wear them out? See right here. Um, I'm here. I don't see a specific uh, the the one that I have here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. To to look it up in the in the Hebrew, right? Is that what you're asking me? Yes. In the Hebrew. Um, it's it's not here. <laughs> it's not. The, sorry, the meaning is not here, so that I can uh, go into it with the app that I have. All right. Let me let me Are check another one. The touch Bible. It's under the word out, Brother Jeremy. Wear out. Oh, okay. Got you. Get it? You just weren't learning. You just didn't hit the right word. Wear out. It means, here we go. It means to afflict, to wear away, to wear out, to harass constantly, figuratively speaking. Now go up to the top there where it says corresponding to the verb. It's used only in what? Says uh, to fail by no, no, implication no. to at the top bala. That's how you say it. The bala, mm-hmm. and it says corresponding mm-hmm. to verb, right? Yes, I'm sorry. I see it now. It's it's in parentheses. It says used only in a mental, in mental sense. sense. There you go. So it's it's what Jesus was warning about was the spirit of antichrist. When he said, take heed, it's the same uh, idea in in the in the list you gave there of harassing constantly, wearing away. But it's used in the mental sense of harassment and in the wearing away or the chipping away of the mental faculty. It's designed to get at the spirit. One of the characteristics you just read there on a side note was that he would seek to change times and 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 and, and seasons, right? It kind of reminds me of what's going on right now, right? Uh, I read an article this morning that says, Dr. Fauci says we can't have Christmas. <laughs> you know? or, or the or the mayors and governors across the country telling us we can't have Thanksgiving. Well, that seems kind of stupid to us, but if you have eyes to see, is it possible we're already witnessing the, 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 the spirit of Antichrist trying to take away our times, our seasons, and really those events are geared toward the worship of God. It's just another piece that's seeking to wear people out in a mental sense in order to make them more pliable. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Any thoughts, brothers? Help well, me out here. Well, well, the mental state. Uh, remember, uh, the the part of the the soul is the mind and the heart. So, uh, if he can if he can affect our mental state, right, or our mental sense, yeah. it will eventually affect our hearts, which That's is the exactly very thing that we God is, is is telling us to, yes. to guard, right, in, in this hour. That's what, so yeah, what Jesus was telling us, right? Go ahead. And and so. Well, and then what we read in, in Corinthians, you know, Paul telling us, you know, this fight, this war we have, it's not carnal, it's spiritual, you know? Yes. And and how to bring, and then you, you, you're making the connection between uh, what take, when he says take heed, when Jesus said take heed, what was he talking about? And then you likened it to the obedience of Christ, of, yes. of, of coming to that place. 
And it's amazing because as I was thinking about that, brothers, you know, um, we, we always say Jesus came, you know, to die on the cross. And yes, that was that was his purpose. But his ministry was to reveal the Father, was to reveal the will of the Father. And, 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 and in that, what we see is not just him revealing the will of God, the Father, but also he's showing us how he subjected, submitted himself to that will. Yes. Especially Perfect. towards the end, especially right to the end of his ministry when this great persecution arose against him. You know what I mean? It was literal. And in that moment, he made that decision that you spoke about in Gethsemane. Not my, is there another way, you know, right? But he said, not my will, but your will be done. So, you know. Stop right there, because that's an interesting thing that you brought up again there. When I think about it, you know, the Lord, from his humanity, his perfect humanity, but humanity nonetheless, he he was born of the seed of David according to the flesh. That's what we're told. So his humanity, his, 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 his madness. You know, saying uh, if there's any other way, it, it, it's a beautiful thing that's revealed there, because it's so human. You know, Jesus was quick, you know, to to because he was perfect. You know, he was quick to uh, to do things per- perfectly in, in submission to the Father. But it, yet, from our perspective, it also gives us comfort, because it is a human tendency to try and 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 deal with such intensity and prophetic moments, especially the kinds that are revealed to us in the word that are, that are happening and are yet to increase and happen in, 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 in the days ahead uh, to seek a way out. You know, and I know that there's many people that, 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 that listen to us and, and, are, and, and, and whether they listen to us or not, whatever the case, uh, but, but people are sensing within within the the more mature believer they're sensing what's happening they may not be able to give complete picture and voice to it yet or have complete understanding yet but there's an agitation of the mind and the emotions taking place and there's scenarios that are being played out just by you know sheer thought of what what would we do what if this happens what if that happens and there's almost a troubling of the waters in 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 a fear that would seek to overcome and figure a way out but the truth of the matter is, is that what is revealed is that that there's only one way and that the real struggle will be to understand that. That's the obedience of Christ. Oh, this is not easy to talk about, really, you know. But it is the word. And, and Jesus identified it when he came to his disciples and said, could you not watch with me for one hour? Into the Church of Philadelphia, he talks about the hour of trial that's coming upon the earth. Uh, in Daniel, you just identified it as a times, time, and half a time. That that's three and a half years. It's a very short period of time, and yet it is reserved for the last generation. And that's why he preceded everything we were talking about. That when you see Jerusalem uh, given back to the Jews and the time of the Gentiles fulfilled, the first thing before he even gets into all this more intense stuff is to anchor their souls with one, uh, un- uh, you know, irreversible fact. And he says, know that the kingdom of God is at hand. You're going to know. You need to know it. You need to know it 
intimately so. That's what that word means. It, it almost has a romantic con- connotation at the purest sense. That kind of intimate knowledge is what he's saying. You're going to have to know it at such a familiar level because it becomes the anchor for us. And it's not without assistance. The Holy Spirit is dwelling at the seat of our spiritual life. That's why he said, take heed, lest at any time your heart, he draws your attention to your spirit, because the prophetic times are designed for the believer to bring him through to, to the everlasting life and the new creation that's, that's ahead of us. But, but at the same time, it's the enemy pressing. As you remember what happened in the garden, right? Luke goes on to reveal it. Are you in Luke, Brother Jeremy? Uh, yes, I'll get the quick one here. Uh, in Luke chapter, uh, it, look what look we we draw some strength here. Read to us this this whole section here in light of what we're talking about. Um, verse forty one through forty four, chapter twenty two of Luke. And what are the verses again? Forty one through forty four. Forty-one through forty-four. Okay. <clears throat> and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, "Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done." And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And he, excuse me, and being in in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was at, as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. This is this is that mental strain Amen. that he came up under. See, that's what we're talking about here, and, and yet we draw confidence and and uh, and and inspiration and blessing from verse 43 that angelic assistance was given to him. Yes. And so it will be given to us. Understand that. These are things that we're going to become more familiar. (laughs) More familiar with as we go along, brothers, let me tell you something. These supernatural experiences and, and, and realities are going to be ministered to us in these times with the Holy Spirit, the, the ministering spirits of the angelic host. They're, they're all coming to help us, this final generation. We're going to get through this. Understand? I'm sorry, brother. Go ahead. <laughs> no, brother. Uh, I, I, I kind of uh, understand it like this, too. And I know you guys could elaborate if you want, but it's almost like, um, how do I say this? It's not enough just to have the knowledge. You know, the knowledge is, is you know, a general overview of what this is, what's going on. That's not going to be enough. You also need to have an understanding, and that is a deeper of how things are working. But even that, that's when you need also the wisdom, and the wisdom is the application of what we know and what we understand. And I think that's where we struggle sometimes. We know these are the days we either don't know what to do 
or 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 how to apply what the word of God is saying. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what and, we're talking about. That's what that's what I meant earlier. And and I and, you know it's very difficult to describe, but when I talked about uh, what, why he was telling us about taking heed to ourselves and lest at any time our hearts be overcharged, is that what he was trying to reveal to us was that the experience of the end times um, have to uh, you know be be more than just what you just said. You know, we got the information, we got the knowledge, we got the we got the bullet points, right? <laughs> We got the PowerPoint presentation, right? <laughs> it's in my notes. We need more than that. That's what you're saying. And that's what, exactly. what I was trying to say. It's not meant to be a passive experience, but but it needs to be connected to the understanding of the will of God. And that is, is, a, is a pool uh, that is hard to swim in. <laughs> you know, it's... It, it, Good. You know, and another. Uh, this is a nugget. You know, as I was reading, it's it, it gives it gives us an nugget in in uh, verse forty four. It says Jesus being in an agony. Look at what he did. This is the key. He said he prayed more earnestly. Right. Uh, and, yeah. and what I see there is that whenever you feel these attacks, there's only one place. That you go to, and and you go to him, to his presence, and, and in prayer, you know, he, even though he was agonizing, he knew what to do. <laughs> We're gonna have to pray, church. We're gonna have to get on our knees. We, we we're gonna have to go beyond just, you know, thank you God for this day, bless my brother, bless my sister. No, no, it, it's gonna take a, a deeper. It's gonna take something much deeper from within. That that it that you know we're talking about the snare is kind of like a twofold, it, you know, it, it, like for for the believer it's going to provoke you to get closer to God, you know, to, yeah. to dig deeper, yeah. to draw closer, mm-hmm. you know, and and but we're seeing a key here where you find that peace is in His presence, and and Jesus knew that the only way He could attack He He excuse me, the only way He could um He could respond to that agony. He knew where to go. He got on his knees. He prayed to the Father. Not, not but and prayed is, in a manner. Go ahead. I was going to say, and this is in, is 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 where the rubber meets the road, right? This this goes beyond ritual or religion. That's right. Well, we're we're, we're treading on really holy ground here, and we do it very very cautiously because we're talking about the Lord. We're talking about something that only He could do. Only him, and 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 it, and it is because he kept a walk before his father of perfection, from the moment of conception until Calvary. So he didn't enter into this garden untrained, as as a man able to combat the forces of darkness. What he was enduring was the birth and the death of the old, giving way to the new. And he became the central focus of it. Everything was being contested over him. Everything. It is. It is. An, it, is it is. It is impossible in our limited understanding to even remotely approach the description of what he endured for us. 
you know, it, it, the Bible tells us that it behooved him to be made like one of his brethren, that in so much as the children were partakers of flesh and blood, that he himself partook part of the same, that through death he would destroy him that had the power of death. What we are witnessing here is the absolute destruction of Satan himself, his power, his authority, at such a high level of of, of approach is how we come to this by the grace of the Spirit. Because, see, he did it for us. Right. And and we know that the other component is verse 45. Brother, right, Brother Jeremy, read verse 45. Yes. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. For sorrow. See, that's why in advance, in, in the in the 21st chapter, in connection with the final generation, we have the benefit of looking back on these events and gleaning from them by the Holy Spirit, knowing that this is a preparation. Jesus didn't enter into this heavyweight fight, right, <laughs> without incredible battles all along the way and 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 his his success and triumphs over the devil. But he he came to Gethsemane with 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 33 years of prayer under his belt. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> how how many times do we read that uh you know that that he does miracles all day long and then the disciples wake up and they're like where is he? Well, he it right. says he he rose he rose up a great while before day, right? And he go to pray. You know, he really? prayed at such levels that his disciples said, "Teach us to pray." We ain't never seen anybody pray like that. Anyway, go ahead, yeah. brother. You know, and, and there's a little one. There's a little word, uh, not a little word, but another thing that I, I, I don't want it to escape us, and that's being in an agony. He prayed more earnestly, and that word earnestly means that he stretched himself out. Yeah. See, we, we always talk. We always talk about you know the physical death of Jesus Christ, where he stretched himself, his arms, his legs, but we we don't see the deeper side of what happened right before that. That's when you stretch yourself in the spirit realm. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. It's powerful. It's powerful what it's saying there. It, to to pray more earnestly means that he stretches out, and because that's what's going to happen to us. You know, we're going to be tested. We're going to be stretched out. And, and, and that's end, an excellent point. And yet, that's why I want to draw our attention to verse forty-three, right? Because we can draw from that. Remember what the Lord yeah. said: He never did anything except what He saw His Father do. And neither did he say anything except what he fo saw his father say. What he meant, he wasn't talking about anything outside the confines of the word of God. Everything he did, everything he saw, and everything he performed, including the miracle and understanding of his resurrection, everything he read in the word of God from Genesis to Malachi. And, and, and as a man, even though he was the word wrapped in flesh, right? but as a man, he learned it. You know, he learned obedience, did he not, through the things that he suffered. He learned as a human, as a man. He grew in, in favor with God and with man. You know, I mean, he, he was a man. And so we take from that these 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 applications of the word, which we can add to ourselves. We see here in verse 43 that, that an angel came from heaven to strengthen him in this great prayer that you're describing, Brother Jeremy, so well. Uh, so what I'm trying to say is to to bring comfort uh, in, uh, in the midst of these heavy things we're discussing, 
we draw with with precision and the leading of the spirit from these kinds of events knowing that that we can request these things because it was given to our lord if you need the strength ask him for it and again what we're talking about here requires process of time and development and revelation of the spirit so don't don't feel like my god you know <laughs> I, mean, I could never get to that level well none of us could it's that's why he's the lord but we strive to be imitators of christ you know and 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 we're woefully woefully fall short of those things but we have his promise that he who has begun a good work in us will watch over it we're really striving to to die to ourselves you know that that part of us that is yet alive jesus died for us in the garden he had already died before he went to the cross right it was a. It, it, that's why I love what you read there, Brother Jeremy, in verse forty-five, where it says, "He rose up from prayer." Praise God. We know from John that that rising up, right? He had received all the strength he was going to need. Look at John chapter, uh, just to bring some encouragement here. This heavy, because it's heavy, man. It convicts me. I tell you what, I got a long way to go before I get anywhere near what we're talking about, man. And I know a good little bit about the word, just a little bit, seriously, just a little bit, tiny bit, but more than I knew, you know, a few years ago. But but even knowing what I know and having gone through what I've gone through personally, all I'm aware of now more than ever is I need Jesus Christ. <laughs> I need the Holy Spirit, man. I need our Lord. Uh, to uh, to guide me as a man, to guide me as a father, to guide me as a brother. Uh, look at look at this in uh, let's see the Gospel of Saint John. I think it's verse eight, chapter eighteen, nineteen. Let's take a look here. No, it's before that. Eighteen. Uh, is it in eighteen? Yeah. Could you read that to his brother, Jeremy? We're talking about the garden. After he rises from prayer, read what verse 4 says to us. Yes. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? See, that that example there uh, is powerful because it says, Knowing everything that was about to happen to him, Calvary, the, the the trial, the whipping, the beating, marred beyond recognition, Isaiah described his his suffering for us in the flesh, his passion, his carrying of the cross, all of it. Knowing all that was about to come upon him, what he he went forth head on into it. My God, <laughs> my Lord. But that came out of Gethsemane. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't throw anything at the Lord. The victory had been won, and he had the full strength to go through it. And and look at the power of God. Read verse 5 and 6, would you? It says, uh, <clears throat> They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon 
Then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory oh my to God. God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Brother Shamrock used to say, you ain't got no problems. All you need is faith in God, man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See that's what that's the church that God is 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 developing right now. That's what you're going to be, saint, whether you realize it or not. When it's all said and done, who do you seek? Knowing what's coming on him, he went right at him. And and when he spoke, he spoke with such power. I am, I am he. I'm God. That's what he was saying to him. <laughs> when he spoke to him, they fell backwards, man. All them soldiers, all their swords, just so he, they'd know you ain't in control here. And and that's what the attitude we need to have. We need to imitate our Lord and say, I don't care. Come hell or high water, I don't care what the devil throws at the church in this hour. This is our finest hour. This is the greatest moment in the history. If you weren't meant to be here, you wouldn't be here. He knows what you're going to be. He's giving you his spirit. He's working on you and me. He knows what we're going to be, a glorious church without spot and wrinkle by his grace, his help, and his mercy. He's going to see us through, church. He's going to see you through. Praise Glory God. God. Crazy Anything else? We'll pick it up from here tomorrow. <laughs> Amen. You know, um, I just sense it. Lord, I, I just thank you, God, for the blessed hope that we have. Hallelujah. I know, Lord God, that uh, the only place we can draw strength is from your word. And I know, Lord, that with the days ahead of us, Lord, uh, I know they're not easy. But, God, give us your grace, Lord, that 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 help you, Lord, that, Lord, the same thing you tell us to take heed. Let us take heed in this hour, God. We find ourselves, God, in this hour, God, and only... Your Holy Spirit will guide us and strengthen us through in this hour. I pray for your people right now that are listening. Mm -hmm. Lord, I pray, Lord, for, for their lives, for their souls. I pray that you give them strength, that you would fortify their minds, Lord. Father, uh, for the casting down of every imagination that is coming, Lord, strongholds that are in our hearts, God, or fears, God, that want to debilitate us. Father, strengthen us, Lord, and we find strength through your word. Your word, God, is a shield. Your word, God, is a, a fence around us. Hallelujah, God. Yeah. Strengthen us, Lord. Yeah. Father, because yeah. while prayer, we need the prayer, God, but it goes hand in hand. We cannot pray if we don't know your word, God, if we don't know what it says. So we need the word to pray effectively, to pray according to God's will, God. So I just pray that you strengthen us, Holy Spirit, God, for the days to come, Lord. I plead the blood of Jesus over every listener, their sons, their daughters, their family, their marriages right now, God. See us through, God. See us through. It's just for a little short time, God. Oh, but all of that will be gone the moment we go into heaven, God. Hallelujah. None of it, Lord, will matter anymore because we will be with you forever and ever and ever and ever, God. Lord, we love you. And you know our hearts, God. We seek to do your will, God. We seek to honor you, Lord, with our lives. Father, strengthen us for the road ahead, God. Strengthen us for the last mile of the race, God. As we continue, Lord, to live in this world, knowing all the things that are yet to be fulfilled, God. But help us. 
Help us not to yes. lose focus from you, Lord. Father, we thank you. And we pray that this word will strengthen somebody's faith today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Yes. Praise God. We love you. We love you with all our hearts. And yes. we pray that you join us tomorrow as we continue to, to study and go deeper into these spiritual truths that are so urgent for such a time like this. We pray you've been blessed, and we pray God bless you, God keep you, and as always, keep looking up.